Okay, today's uh, reading uh, is taken from Luke chapter 15, verses 3 to 5. So he told them this parable. What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. Next verses comes from Luke chapter 12, chapter 12, verses 6 to 7. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies, and not one of them is forgotten before God? Why, even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, you are, all, you are of more value than many sparrows. He cares about you. His unconditional love for you and that he will go to any length for you. He will break down walls, he will climb mountains, he will tear down lights and light up shadows just for you. His love is never ending. So we think of his reckless love. So, so kind to me. 
Thank you very much, Bosede, uh, and everyone singing and playing. Um, we will continue with our series on uh, Joseph, and Craig is going to uh, share God's word with us. So I'll make you the host, uh, Craig, and you can share your screen if you want. Okay. Okay. Well, good morning, everyone. It is great to be back with you, and it's been uh, it's been good for me this week as I've just been uh, reading every day in Genesis 40 and 41, just asking the Lord to speak to me and prepare my heart. Before we dive in, let's uh, let's pray together, okay? Father, we are uh, thankful that while we live in a broken world, Lord, that's uh, highlighted by so much of what we see around us uh, right now, sickness and um, division in a lot of places, uh, difficulty, uh, Lord, uncertainty. Uh, we know that you are uh, still the king. And so just to remember, Lord, that uh, there's just there's no obstacle that you won't go through to come and get us, uh, Lord, that you leave the 99 and you seek after your own. And so I thank you for the Edwards and I thank you for uh, Jamie and for uh, Eddie and uh, others, Lord, that have led us so far today. And we pray that as we look at your word, that you would speak to us. And we pray that this would be an encouraging time. And we ask that you would help us to grow in uh, our faith. And Lord, we look, we look forward to the time that uh, IBCBI can gather together again. And uh, Lord, we look forward uh, even more to the time that we'll all be gathered around your throne worshiping you. And so we pray that you would uh, just bless this time. Father, I pray that you would help me to decrease, that you might uh, increase. And we pray that you would speak to our hearts and help us, Lord, to be um, just more and more like you today. God, we pray for uh, our neighbors, Lord, around us, just uh, fasting and uh, seeking after you this month. We pray that you would reveal yourself to them in a powerful way. Lord, we pray for a great change to come over Malaysia. And we pray, God, for a great change to come over uh, the other towns that are represented, Lord, whether that's in Canada or it's in uh, Singapore today or in the Philippines or in the, uh, the U.S., uh, we're just scattered in so many different places. And so uh, all of these, we live to you today and ask God that you would do a great move in these uh, countries as well. We pray that you would move in our families and that you'd move in our own lives too. We pray that, uh, Father, we would just uh, feel your presence as we go through these next few minutes together. And so thank you for uh, your word, and we pray you would open it up to us now. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I will, uh, if I can get this out of the way, there we'll get our slide show going here. We're going to be looking at Joseph in uh, chapter 40 and 41 of uh, Genesis. And uh, as, we, as we get started with that, I really would like to, to pick up just a little bit of what we've covered uh, so far. So in uh, chapter 37, we see kind of where the story of Joseph begins. And so we uh, get to see this, uh, this dreamer part of, of who he is. And we see the relationship that he has with his uh, family. At the end of chapter 37, the brothers, his brothers plot this uh, hatch this plot to um, murder him, which then uh, evolves into, well, let's just sell him into slavery and uh, lie to our father and say that he was uh, killed by a wild animal. And so we uh, see that happen in chapter 39. Then we got to uh, talk a bit last week about Joseph as a slave there in Egypt and how he's living in Potiphar's house and God's at work in his life, but still he has these issues with Potiphar's wife. She's just uh, kind of throwing herself at him sexually and, um, and giving him that kind of um, temptation. And so he says, how could I sin against my God and, and, and do this thing? And, and then it ends up with him thrown into uh, prison. And I really wanted to read for us the last verse there in chapter 39, uh, the last sentence really of the last verse in chapter 39, because I think it's just so amazing as we think about Joseph's life. Chapter 39 ends with these words. Whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. Whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. But what we've seen in Joseph's life so far is that he's been hated. He was thrown into a pit. He was sold as a slave. He was lied about. He was thrown into prison. 
And I'm not so sure about you, but I don't think that, uh, that I would look at that part of his uh, CV and think, man, whatever, the, whatever this guy does, he just succeeds. Uh, instead, I think that he looks a little bit cursed. But here's the challenge for us, and even especially as we are in lockdown in the middle of a pandemic around the world, it's hard. It's almost impossible to really get a good feeling for what is going on in a situation while you're still in the middle of it. When you're in the midst of that situation, it's just almost impossible, it seems sometimes, to get our hands around it. And so we're going to look through chapter 40 and uh, 41, and, and I apologize. I'm going to do a lot of paraphrasing and uh, explaining kind of what's in there. It's 80 verses long, and so I don't think we want to read. Uh, I think you should read it. I've been reading it every day this week, and it's just great, but we won't, we won't take the time to read uh, all of these together. But here's what we do know. He's uh, in prison, and then in chapter 40, it opens with these words, sometime after this. So Joseph's been in prison for quite a while. Sometime after this, the cupbearer of the king of Egypt and his baker committed an offense against their lord, the king. And Pharaoh was angry with his two officers, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker, and he put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard in the prison where Joseph was confined. The captain of the guard appointed Joseph to be with them, and he attended them, and they continued for some time in custody. So he's in jail for uh, some period of time. This is dragging on, and then uh, these new guys come in, and, and even more time passes while we uh, while while Joseph is um, just continuing to kind of languish away and work away here in the prison. And so they they come in, and uh, his situation just seems like over the last uh, bit of his life anyway, it's gotten steadily worse. Uh, but here's the first thing I really want us to see. While his situation does seem to get steadily worse, we also see that Joseph remains faithful. He remains faithful. Because what happens next, in, starting in verse 5, it says that the cupbearer and the baker both have a dream, and they're upset because they don't understand what their dream means. And so Joseph sees them, and he sees they're upset. He says, hey, well, what's going on? Why are you upset? And they say, well, we've had these dreams. We don't know what they mean. And so uh, in verse 8 there, at the end, Joseph says to them, do not interpretations belong to God. Please tell them to me. If we go back to chapter 37, you can remember a lot of the problem started because Joseph had dreams and he was telling people about the dreams and what those dreams meant. If, if I had these dreams and, and, uh, and I was thinking that, that okay, my brothers are going to come and they're going to bow down before me and it, it didn't happen that way. And not only did it not happen that way, I ended up sold as a slave and then in prison instead. I don't think I would have any interest in being in the dream interpretation business. When someone said, I have a dream and I don't know what it means, I would say, don't look at me. I had dreams and I thought I knew what they meant and I got thrown in prison over it. And so I would sort of kind of give up on that thing that I learned from the Lord. But Joseph doesn't. He's faithful. He sees what the Lord's been doing and he stays true to what he feels like God's been telling him to do. And he interprets their dreams. And he tells them in these dreams, after three days, uh, here's what's going to happen with the cupbearer. You're going to get back into your uh, old job, and you'll be working for a Pharaoh again. And then after three days, the baker is going to be hanged. He's going to be executed. And then we see uh, that this thing actually comes to pass. And, and then I think I, I feel like this is the lowest, the lowest part of today's story uh, because Joseph tells the cupbearer, when you have gotten out, tell Pharaoh that I'm in here. I, I don't deserve to be here. I was uh, taken from my uh, homeland. I'm a Hebrew. I shouldn't be here. And I was taken as a slave and carried off and uh, all of those kind of things. And so he says, remember me. And the cupbearer says, of course, I'll remember you. Don't worry about that. But here's kind of the low part. This is uh, in chapter 40, verse 23. It says, yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph. Instead, he forgot him. So we can look at these two verse 23s, right? In 3923, it says, whatever he does, the Lord made it succeed. And then one chapter later in verse 23, it's saying, yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. And he was left in the 
prison. Just imagine what kind of a, a punch in the stomach it would feel like to have your hopes raised up. I'm finally going to get out of here. And finally, someone's going to hear about this injustice. And things just go from bad to worse because Joseph doesn't get out. And then we see chapter 41 open with these words. After two whole years, after two whole years, Joseph just continues to lay there in prison. After two whole years, Pharaoh has a dream. And then Pharaoh has these verses. It goes on, these dreams, two dreams. This goes on for the next uh, 40 verses. And we're told about these dreams that Pharaoh has. He has a dream where there are seven fat, beautiful, sleek cows that are standing beside the, the Nile there. And then uh, seven skinny, ugly cows come and they eat the fat ones. But there's no change in the, the physicality of those, um, of those skinny cows. They, they eat the big cows, but they stay skinny. And then he says, I had another dream that there are seven great, beautiful ears of grain. But there come other, these other uh, ears of grain that look horrible and they're blighted by the east wind and they're dried up and they're small. And those, those grains eat the good grains, but there's no change in them in the end. And nobody can explain this dream to the king. So in this situation, right, none of the magicians, none of the, none of the people who are supposed to be able to give Pharaoh counsel, they don't know what it means. And that's when the cupbearer realizes, hey, I know a guy. I actually know a guy. I had a dream and he interpreted this dream for me. So in no time, Joseph's out of the prison. He's cleaned up and he's standing before the king, not only explaining to him what the dreams mean, he's explaining to him what he's supposed to do in response to these dreams. There's a great famine that's coming. That's what he says. We have seven good years that are coming. And beyond that, those seven good years, they're going to be seven years of famine, and they're going to be worse than any famine that anybody's able to remember. And so he devises this plan. We need to be storing up grain, and we need to get things ready. And so Pharaoh says, well, you obviously are the man to be in charge of this. And he puts uh, Joseph in charge of that, and we see this incredible reversal that goes on. Joseph goes from the lowest of the low, right? He's a slave in prison, and now he's second in command over all of Egypt, we could see that God's hand was on Joseph. We can see that. I want to show you a couple other quick things uh, as well. Joseph stays on track during the good years. He has this time. Um, let's see a stadium starting in verse uh, 46. Joseph was 30 years old when he entered the service of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went through all the land of Egypt. During the seven plentiful years, the earth produced abundantly, and he gathered up all the food of these seven years, which occurred in the land of Egypt, and he put the food in the cities. He put in every city the food from the fields around it. Verse 49 says, Joseph stored up grain in great abundance like the sand of the sea until he ceased to measure it, for it could not be measured. He just said, we don't even, it doesn't matter how much, you just put it in there. It doesn't, we're not even keeping track of it anymore. We have so much grain. But even when things are going well, Joseph stays on track. There are lots of stories in the scripture and there are lots of stories in our own lives that we can see when things are going well for people, they have a tendency to walk away from the Lord. It's easy to be thinking about the Lord when you're in prison. It's easy to be thinking about the Lord when you're in a pandemic, right? We, we joke around our house. We'll say, what day is it, right? No, it doesn't matter. We don't know what day it is, and it doesn't matter because every day is just the same. We can get up when we want. We can go to bed when we want, and it just we can set our own schedule. And when life is normal, it's easy to think, well, I have to be up at this time and out of the house at this time and uh, oh i don't have time for a quiet time i don't have time to pray i don't have and the lord oh god knows that i, I i'm grateful for all of these things and we we lose our focus it's it's no small thing that joseph really stays focused on the plan during these seven years it's a long time to be planning for an emergency right it's a long time we've how long have we been in lockdown it's not even been two months has it it feels like it's been uh, a, a decade, but it's not, it's just not been that long. We as 
people, we tend to kind of move on in our hearts pretty quickly. And we forget about the thing that we're supposed to be focused on. Joseph doesn't lose focus. He, play, he really stays uh, faithful to this thing. And I love this part too. Joseph moves forward. Um, I, I, I've thought about this. I probably think about this every time I, I read the story. What we don't see in this story, Joseph comes out of prison. He gets himself cleaned up. He becomes the number two man in all of Egypt. And what he does not do is have uh, Potiphar and his wife over for a dinner party, right? He doesn't have that. That's the kind of thing that we would do probably. If, if we look at other places in the scripture, like uh, Esther, for example, and in Esther, not only is Haman, the wicked guy, killed, right? Hanged up on his own gallows. All of his sons are killed as well. We love stories that have a nice heaping dose of revenge that's thrown in at the end. And Joseph, he just moves on with his life. He's not thinking about, i tell you who did me wrong, Potiphar, his wife, this part, right? He's not making out a big list. He just, he doesn't try to go back home and find his brothers. He just gets to work and does this thing that God, and he, he gets married and he has kids and he just moves on with the goodness of his current life. Now, I love Joseph and I love the story. And uh, I, I think that it's just, it's just one of the great, it's just one of the great parts of scripture. But I do not want us to forget something very important. This is Genesis chapter 15, verse 13. Because as much as I love the story about Joseph and what's happening in his life, I want, I want us to remember this. These chapters, these chapters are not really about Joseph. These chapters are about something bigger. In Genesis chapter 15, we have God's covenant with Abraham, with uh, Abram. And this is that place uh, that's a little bit uh, odd when he takes these animals and he cuts them in half. And, and, he, right? and God enters this covenant with Abram. And in uh, chapter 15, verse 12, it says this, As the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell on Abram, and behold, dreadful and great darkness fell upon him. And then here's verse 13. Then the Lord said to Abram, Know for certain that your offspring will be sojourners in a land that is not theirs, and they will be servants there, and they will be afflicted for 400 years. This story about uh, Joseph and he's sold into slavery and he's carried into Egypt. This is a story about God getting his people to Egypt. God's getting his people where he wants them. He gets Joseph first, he gets the family first, and that family then becomes an entire nation. This is not just a story about uh, one man and how God's hand is on him. And, and he keeps, even though bad things happen, he keeps using, using Joseph to do good things. God's working this plan to get his people to Egypt. So that gives us a couple of things that we can uh, think about, I believe, as we try to, be, try to think about applying some of these things to our lives, especially in, uh, in these days. First, I would say stop trying to determine if God is with you based on whether or not good things are happening. Because if we look at Joseph's story, here's one thing that we can definitely see. If Joseph is, a, is, is not sold into slavery, he's never in Potiphar's house. If Joseph's not in Potiphar's house, he does not end up in the same kind of prison where, uh, where Pharaoh's prisoners are going to go, right? Joseph was in, a, is, was in a different prison based on the fact that I think Potiphar had him thrown in. And so Joseph's in the prison where the cupbearer and the baker are going to be going in. If he's not in that prison, he doesn't meet the cupbearer. If the cupbearer doesn't forget about Joseph, then he's not around when Pharaoh has his dream. If we stop and think about this, if the cupbearer keeps his word, he gets out of prison, he goes and tells Pharaoh, there's someone who's, he, that guy doesn't deserve to be there. He was kidnapped. He's a Hebrew. He shouldn't, he shouldn't be in that prison. And Pharaoh releases him. Where do you think that Joseph goes? He goes home. I think for sure he goes home. He goes and tries to find his father. And so when Pharaoh has his dream about the famine, Joseph's not there to interpret it for him. There's nowhere, there's no one that can give him the kind of help that he needs. And so we have to think, 
Okay, God's favor is obviously on Joseph. We see that in lots of different places, but we can't think that we can determine whether or not God is being favorable toward us just when good things are happening because there are some extremely difficult things that are happening in Joseph's life, and yet he was right where God wanted him to be. It's a challenging thing. We tend to think, oh, if, if, God's, if God's for you, you don't have any problems, right? We, we, we get into a, situ a situation like this uh, pandemic, and we think, Lord, where are you? What, how, can, how can people that I know and love get sick? Why are we seeing uh, this kind of thing? My family now, what, what, are, what am I supposed to do? We, we don't know what's going to happen with my job. What are we going to do about our finances? How are we going to pay our rent? We have these, these big kind of problems and, and thoughts that come into our mind. And we tend to think the Lord's not with me because things are not going well. And we just, we have to stop trying to determine if God is with us based on whether or not good things are happening. There's a writer, his name is Donald Miller, and uh, he, he gives kind of this uh, visual that, that I found really helpful as, uh, as I've worked through this, okay? And so this, if we would look at it, um, it, it's just sort of a timeline, right? If we, if we think about the beginning of Joseph that we're seeing anyway, through just through this end, we're thinking about that as a timeline. And the things that are above the line are things that we would consider to be positive. And things that are below the line, those are things that we would consider to be negative, right? And so we might look. And so some of these things are more positive than others. Some are more negative than others, the way that uh, Donald Miller kind of uh, teaches people to use this idea. And so we can see Joseph gets his robe. That's a, that's a nice thing. His dad honors him and says, I love you. Or, you know, my favorite son. He has these dreams and he can tell God's doing something in his life and it's very important. But because of the robe, because of the dreams, his brothers hate him. His brothers hate him. And that's a pretty negative thing in his life. He gets sold as a slave, right? It's not as bad as it could be. He could have ended up lots of different places. Uh, many of us have worked for, um, maybe worked for uh, employers who were not that great. They're, they're, I'm, it's, it's never good to be a slave, but I would assume that there are better places to be a slave than, than others. And so he ends up in Potiphar's house. And not only that, he ends up in charge of Potiphar's house. He ends up in a, in a, in a relatively, relatively decent situation. But from there, he goes into prison. Well, the cupbearer is going to help me. Well, he, no, he's not. He's actually going to forget you. And then he gets out of prison. So the, the, the idea about this whole uh, timeline is for us, and I think we can do this, for us to draw a line and think, what are some positive things that have happened in, in, in our lives? And what are some negative things that happened in our lives? And how has God, this is the important part that I get from Donald Miller, how has God redeemed some of those negative things that happen in our lives? We had, um, uh, years ago, we went through uh, a miscarriage, right? And, and I just wouldn't have, um, I, d I just could not understand what that was like. As much as I would, um, feel sorry for people. And I thought it was a difficult kind of thing to go through. And, but once we went through a miscarriage, once we had the negative thing, we really understood this is, this is way more traumatic than I was thinking that it was. And God took that thing that was negative and it really was negative in our life. And he helped us. Okay. There's something we can learn from this. There's a way that we can redeem this negative thing that's happened in your life. When we've lost loved ones, we've had to stop and think we have not been appreciating or we have not been uh, taking advantage of the time that we have available to spend with certain people. And so we would say that was an incredibly negative thing. But what do we learn from this situation? How does it change us as we move forward? I believe in uh, Ecclesiastes. It's, it's, to me, it's a really great book. I love the book of Ecclesiastes. And what I see I, that I really take away from it every time I read it is that God is at work and you should trust his process, but you shouldn't spend time trying to figure out what the process is. He, the writer of Ecclesiastes just says this a, a number of times, just, just do your work, just do your work and enjoy your food and, and love being with your spouse. That's enough. Just do that because we're going to pass through life and 
at the point when we finally get to this place where we can understand, oh, I, you, those things that were, when I was in prison, oh, you were doing this, you were doing that. By the time we get the explanation that will make all of those things make sense, we won't care anymore. That's the beauty of it, I think. That's what I take about Ecclesiastes. Once we, once we finally have the opportunity to know, we won't know. We'll be with Christ. And so who, it just won't matter so much about the, the process anymore. It made me think about being uh, gone from home for years and years and years, and then you arrive at the airport. When you see your family, you don't spend the time in the, in the first few minutes talking about the traffic jam on the way to the airport. You don't talk about how oh, they, this happened, that happened with my gate, and I wasn't sure about my bag and all these things, right? When you see your family, you hug them, and you're so happy to be home again. So there's this negative thing to have, but we just, like, who, it doesn't matter. It, that negative part, it just doesn't matter anymore. Here's another thing. There are hard days ahead. There are really hard days ahead, and so we should be prepared and we should be preparing, right? One thing we've seen during the pandemic is that life can really uh, almost instantly change in, in ways that we probably could not imagine before. There's just a serious seriousness um, to all of this that I, I just did not believe that we were capable of. But, man, the world just, it just shut down. And there's coming a serious day in our future as well. This is when the world's going to be judged. And so the reminder for us is twofold. We should make the most of the days that we have, and we should help other people be ready for that day because the end will come at a time when we're not prepared for it. There's a scene at the end of the movie uh, Schindler's List. I don't know if you've seen that or seen it in a while, but... Uh, Right, he's he's about to leave at the end of this movie, and um, and and he just starts to break down and say, "I I could have I could have done more, I could have done more, I could have saved more people. I I I had this car, I had this, I had that. I, you don't you don't know how much money, you don't know how many opportunities I've wasted, and we don't want to come to the end of our days with that kind of." regret we want to come to the end of our days thinking to the best of my ability i did everything that i could do to be ready and to help other people be ready so when the lockdown ends right we might be tempted to say well i'm kind of out of the habit of being up and being at church i'm just i'm kind of out of the habit of uh monday night bible study i'm kind of out of the habit of going to prayer meetings but when we get back i'm I want you to redeem the days, right? Be prepared and be preparing other people as well. And then I think too, we see this great gospel picture that's in the passage, right? We sang, uh, had a scripture reading out of Luke 15 and we sang that kind of idea out of Luke 15 when you have those three parables, the lost coin, the lost sheep, and then the, the lost son. And when Joseph's brought in, and he gets a new robe and he gets a ring and he gets this gold chain. Just really reminds me of the prodigal son in Luke 15 when he comes running back to his father and says, I'm just not worthy to be called your son. And the dad's just not, he's not even listening, right? He's putting a robe on and he's, he's saying, get some sandals for this boy's feet. Let's get him some food. Let's take care of him. We have this kind of uh, opportunity, right? Because Jesus came and he died for us. He was buried. He was raised again on the third day so that we could be made right with God. We can place our faith in him today so that it no longer matters all that much where we have been. What really matters is where we're headed from now on. And so we have a heavenly father, right, who stands ready to bring us in. John 1.12 says this, to all who received him, to all who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. That's why I can look uh, and I can just, I'm always so excited, right? When I, when I get on this gallery view and I just see so many different kinds of people from so many different places. And I'm just reminded that while we are 
in so many ways a lot different. I feel more at home with many of you than I do around, around people that I've been around my whole life. It's just there's something that's different because Jesus has made us to be this new thing. He died on the cross for us so that we could be made into this new family. And it's just amazing to me. So that's what I see when I look at Joseph and I look at his, uh, I look at his picture. God's doing something in Joseph's life that oftentimes has very little to do with Joseph. And yet Joseph stays faithful. He stays right on the course and he's doing the thing that God has laid before him to do. He fixes his faith on God and then he just takes, okay, this this is not how I thought my life would go, but man, I've got a wife that I love. I've got kids that I love. I have an opportunity to serve in a way that's going to make a difference. And then God really uses that, right? We just, we see that in the New Testament. It looks back and say, Joseph's not there. Then Israel, Israel starves in that famine. And so who knows what God's doing in our midst in these days, but let's give him freedom to be at work in us. Like he was at work in Joseph. And Lord, even when we can't see or make sense of all of these things, or even when we would look, uh, and I'll just be honest with you, on this timeline that's going on in my life, there are things that are in the negative column that I don't think have been redeemed yet. I, don't, I still don't see how they could possibly be turned for good. But I think God's going to do that. I think he's using it, probably using it in ways that I don't understand. So that's it. Let me pray for you. And then uh, I'll give you a couple of things that maybe you can think about uh, through your day today. Father, we do love this picture of a Joseph. And um, oftentimes, Father, we feel like victims. We feel like we've been uh, unfairly hated. We've been uh, marginalized. We've been um, misused by our employer. We've ended up in a spot that we really don't deserve to be in. Uh, and maybe that's true both negatively and positively. Lord, we, we see that in Joseph's life probably on, on both extremes. And so we, we thank you that you know us and that you love us. And as the scripture even earlier reminded us, we're more valuable. We're more valuable than many sparrows. And so you, you care about us. You care about each one. And so we pray that you would uh, just help us Lord, to be able to apply these truths and help us to be able to look and see where you're at work even in those negative things that have formed us to be the kind of people that you want us to be. And we pray that you would, uh, through your Holy Spirit, give us wisdom so that we might know how you're redeeming those things in our lives. Even through this, uh, this coronavirus and, and all that's going on, Lord, we pray that you would redeem these days and we pray that you would use them for your glory. So we do thank you for the chance to gather together. I thank you for these brothers and sisters and I pray tonight in Jesus' name, amen. I will take um, this slide and I'll just drop it in our, into our WhatsApp group. I, I don't know that um, it's, it's uh, all that well done, but you can at least look at it. And, and I'd love for you to maybe as a family or as a couple to just think about what are some things that have been kind of real challenges in our life and, and what are some ways that we see that God has, uh, God has redeemed those, right? I just, when I look at Anna Lynn on there, I think, man, that was tough when God took Anna Lynn away from us. And then he's used her in such a great way, right? And then we just see when she left, how the Lord raised up other Filipinas in that same spot to just take away a lot of that leadership. And so, and I could think that about a lot of that. A lot of you that, that are in this gallery view, I could just, I could just think about ways that, that God's been at work in your life. Some things that have been really challenging, uh, some things that really could have broken some of you. And yet uh, the Lord's just been faithful. And uh, I'm hoping that, if he hasn't redeemed all those things, that he'll do that. So that's one place I think that you can uh, just reflect kind of where the, that spiritual pilgrimage that the Lord's had you on. What's he, what's he been doing and what is he, uh, what is do you think he's still got to do? Where are some places that you could uh, grow? And it's, it was just, it was helpful for me when I did this uh, a few years ago, just drew that out and, and really was able to see how much more of my life is above the line than below. And uh, it's easy for me to be kind of negative and pessimistic and, and, and just, just focus on the things that don't go the way I want them to. And so maybe that would be helpful for you as you, um, as you go through that. Eric, I'm going to pass back to you. If I, do I have to do that? I'm going to stop my share. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Craig, for sharing 
it is uh, really, I, I would think my favorite story, the story of Joseph. Um, it's this series of chapters that once you start reading, you just want to continue. It is, it is so amazing. So I really encourage you also for next week because uh, next week is even more challenging because we're going to cover five chapters in one sermon. I really uh, encourage you to read it at home because there's so much in it, which is just wonderful to read and it helps you to follow through uh, the sermon as well. Um, two announcements. Tomorrow we have uh, Exodus Bible study. It's the second last in Exodus. Um, and we will think of what we're going to do after that. Um, so that's tomorrow, eight o'clock. And then on Tuesday, we have a prayer meeting through Zoom, uh, obviously. Um, and I really encourage you to also join the prayer meeting. Craig mentioned prayer meeting just now. It is never somehow very popular. It's always the least attended event in a church, which is strange. But that is how it is. So I really encourage you to join that prayer meeting. There are so many things to pray for, especially during this pandemic. Um, so if you want to join, drop me a message. Then I uh, send you the Zoom link. And then I hope to see you on uh, Tuesday. All right. Thank you for joining. Uh, I'll unmute, unmute everybody so you can say hi and bye. And then I hope to see you again soon. How do I do that? Oh, Craig, can you make me the host again? Oh, you. Hi, Carol. Hi. Hi. Hi, everybody. Hello, Steve. Bye. Oh, thank you so much. Hello. Hello, brother Steven. Hello. 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 Good morning, everyone. Hello, everybody. Hello. Oh, hello. Hi. Hi. Hey, stream. Hey, Kinza. Have a nice Sunday. Hi, Kate. Hi, everybody. Hi. Good Sunday. Bye. 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 I don't have camera. Hi. Hi, How are you? you have camera. <laughs> Turn camera on. Come on. I don't know. I, okay. I think I don't know. He doesn't doesn't know how to turn the camera on. Yeah. But thank you for the prayer. My blood count has been raising up. Feeling better? Yeah, thank you for all the prayer. I cannot believe that I and Bas has dengue at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's awful. Thanks, Thanks Kinza. Hi, Rita. Hello. 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 Hi, Papa. Thanks for joining. Stephen, how are you?
Okay, bye everyone. Bye. 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 Hi Solomon, thanks for joining this morning. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye Kinsa. Bye. Maybe in about a week. Sorry? Hopefully we'll see each other in a week or two at church. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, that'll be great. We'll see uh, what the government decides. Yeah, there's a petition circulating with 130-something thousand signatures that, of people that don't want to end the NCO. <laughs> I just read I just read an article in the yeah, Star. We want to be locked up. <laughs> yeah, they want to be locked up. 133,000 people that want to continue to be locked up. Yeah. Let's lock them up all together. <laughs> I think it's people collecting money from the government. So, <laughs> yeah. enjoy your Sunday. See you soon. Yeah, see you. Thanks for joining. Good to see you. Bye.